everyone, I'm Jay. Fuck this shit, I'm Sophia. <laughs> and I'm Scott, and welcome to Witches with Twix. Welcome to <laughs> fuck this. Actually, welcome to Ding Dong, Rush Limbaugh's Dead. Yeah, eat shit yeah. from a grave. Drink yeah. my piss, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Damn, I like it. I like it. There's Coming no, in hot today. Fucking... No capitalist like a dead cap. Honestly, you know, Sophia, I kind of feel that because I also feel like I'm also kind of running hot in a way, too. Like, I have just been so over it. Uh, and whatever it is, you know, just I guess it's kind of yeah. like gestures vaguely, like, you know, <laughs> like Trump got acquitted. It's Mercury and Gatorade. I didn't even get a full shift worth of work today, even though I did get paid for it. I don't got work tomorrow. I, I want to throw rocks at the sky and say, fuck off, space egg. That's what I want to do. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's curse the moon or hex the moon. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's a difference between throwing rocks at the moon and saying, fuck off, space egg. <laughs> actually laying hands on you, you know? uh, no, I was thinking of all those those, those TikTok witches when they were gonna oh. curse the moon or some shit. Ah, uh, don't man. even try. Moon's got hands. She'll fucking crack you right upside the head if you try. <laughs> right. Um, today's general topic, as they are usually a loose general topic with lots of tangents and side conversations, as we do here. Mm -hmm. Um, so today we're kind of talking about the. I don't want to say, I guess, yeah, just the difference or the similarities. We're talking about urban magic and rural magic. And the yeah. word rural feels very, like, hard rural. to say. Rural. I feel like I'm like, oh, sounds like Scooby-Doo. Rural. Rural, raggy. Yeah, it sounds rural if it's tongue weird. All right, who's shaggy in the group? Is it Sophia? I feel like it's Sophia. Oh, no, first off. First well, you're off. the biggest stoner, so I feel like that automatically makes you shaggy. I mean, yes, but also I'm Velma, too. Oh, you are very Velma. That is very true. That is very I'm true. Like, I'm very much like the girl who will just, like, fight the fucking monster. And mm. I'm like Velma and Scooby. Actually, no, I mixed up Daphne and Velma. Whatever. You know what? I'm not a Scooby-Doo girl. I'm something altogether different. <laughs> Maybe I'm Scooby-Doo. Actually, I'm probably Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh shit. Um. So yeah, that's kind of what we're we're what we're talking about today. And what's really cool about this is that you know, Sophia, you've kind of lived both experiences, which. Is I think you're gonna have a lot to to bring to this discussion. I'm really excited yeah, about that. Tell me about it, bud. <laughs> Fucking tell me about it. But while we're on the oh. subject of urban cities and shit like that, um, fucking Philly, man. <laughs> oh, uh, I love this fucking city so much, and yet uh, I hate it so deeply, <laughs> all yep. at the same time. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, like. In terms of, like, our political leanings, totally liberal, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. we, as a city, 95% voted Biden for the last, you know, election and shit. So, like... Also, thank you. Yes. Not a problem. <laughs> I would gladly do it again. Um, but, yeah, like, Philly, in all of its, you know, liberal blueness, whatever you want to fucking call it, is also a m massive shit stain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't fucking handle it sometimes. The hoops that I have been jumping through to get on a fucking wait list to get a fucking vaccine is abysmal. 
<laughs> it's just, it's bad. It's just so fucking bad. And I know this isn't just limited to just Philly. Trust me, I know it's not limited to just Philly. And I'm sure Philly is probably, you know, much further along than maybe some other cities and other places in the world. But, fuck. It's been a... <laughs> <laughs> you totally accidentally just said butt fuck. <laughs> I did just say butt fuck. Good night, everyone. And that's and that's the episode. Butt fuck. Uh, fucking god. Oh, not not to mention just like the city itself is fucking falling apart and it's a mess and it's being you know we're being overpriced out of it. Like I can't even live in this city for the rest of my life. I have to go move to Delaware just to afford a life. I mean, maybe we can do like a commune in Milwaukee or like live under a bridge and we won't pay rent. We can just like collectively hunt squirrels and, and raccoons for a living. Honestly, like me and Scott have talked about like commune-esque style living for years now. Yeah, <laughs> We're like, let's just buy a plot of land and yep. go for it. <laughs> it's so weird because I just came back today. There was an article that someone shared this family, what they did, um, they have like a teenage daughter, a teenage son, and obviously them. And uh, they ended up buying a plot of land and they built tiny homes. And their teenagers have mm -hmm. their own little tiny home and they have theirs. Hot takes. Land is stolen. Don't pay the colonizers for it. That is also true. And that, that is something that, is that has always bothered me. Like mm -hmm. just from the get-go as a kid, you know, because like you're- Me you're, too. Like, you know, you're learning about the earth and like, this is the earth. And, you know, it's been here bazillions of years before humans even fucking got here. And how come this prick owns it? Right. right. And all of a sudden it's like, well, this this patch of dirt is my patch of dirt. And it's worth this many fucking seashells, you know, or whatever, you know, and it's like, well, subdivide, man. Yeah. And it's just it's fucking bullshit. Condos, I tell you. We have enough housing to put every human being on the planet into a fucking house. But people just kind of conveniently ignore that figure. Because money! Economy! Gambling! What is the reckless abandon and waste that is the human lives that get crushed in the mechanism of society that just thirsts for our blood? No, fuck everybody! Let's just... Let's just monopoly. That's, mm -hmm. that's life. Also, fuck capitalism <laughs> while we're at it. <laughs> Just drop in a fuck capitalism. <laughs> yeah, okay, so good night, everyone. We yeah. all our text boxes. Yep, fuck capitalism. Let's start a commune. Was that be gay, do crimes, and butt fuck. There you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Oof. It's, it's just, it's been... A happy day. No, it's just, it's just been a fucking... I don't even want to say it's been a fucking day, but it's just been like a fucking existence, you know? <laughs> it's been a Gatorade. It's been a real Mercury Gatorade. It, yeah, the uh, the Gatorade has not been very thirst-quenching. Mm. <laughs> no. It's like so thick you can chew it, man. Yeah, like they really it's fucked cool. up this oh. batch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, that's true. So, I actually didn't I, even realize it was a Gatorade. I guess we could segue towards the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, kind of. we actually kind of touched on some things already of, you know... Actually, some of the, uh, I guess, the negative aspects to urban life and urban living, you know, like how people kind of just get shuffled along in the mix. Um, 
I'm trying to think about how I want to start this off. I think I'm just going to start this off by my own experience with Urban Magic because I was really fucking excited when, Sophia, when you mentioned this as a topic um, because I recently saw a post, I can't remember if it was Twitter or Facebook, I don't know, they're all the same to me at this point, um, and it was something about, like, you know, it was like a shout-out to Urban Witches, and it was like, you know, the, to the kids that found magic, you know, in the... In the, in the weeds grow, growing through the cracks oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. um you know that that kind of thing and, and and what really struck me with it was you know they said that you know, you found magic in the place where they tell you that magic goes to die and i feel like that's really true you know i feel like just in the city like the city it's always this feeling of i don't know progress and moving forward constant motion right it's just this feeling of of constant constant motion constant doing constant just constant it never stops capital yeah like it, it never stops um and you know some some cities are more quiet than others like i've i've been to to pittsburgh that's another you know big city in pennsylvania on the other side of the state and you know uh, pittsburgh nightlife it's more low-key than philly a lot of places close early and stuff like that um you know in that particular pocket like their little main downtown area um but there is still a sense of there's always someone around there's always someone out there's always someone out doing something you know there's just always something fucking happening in a city and which is great but also a lot to handle at the same time and sometimes it's not good you know because i feel like a lot of times when you when you grow up in a city you're constantly um you're constantly suffocated by it in a way because you know it's you get lost in the shuffle you're just another body on the train you're just another mm-hmm. figure waiting for a bus you're just another face in line at the coffee shop you know and there's no there's not a lot of you don't get chan- you don't get chances to i don't know i guess set roots down in a city all the time because you're constantly in motion mm-hmm. and even if you live in a city like grow up born and raised in a city i still feel like it's still really hard to put actual roots down mm-hmm. and i think it's just uh it's the nature of the city it's very it's very resistant to that so urban magic is incredibly fickle it's it's like one of the more tedious magics it's almost um it almost reminds me of like uh what is it in D D? the class that sometimes wild magic can happen like you cast a oh, spell wild sorcerer, wild sorcerer mm-hmm. yeah also there's a barbarian class that does that too really? oh yeah now oh. now it's yeah oh i didn't know that mm-hmm um, but yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of because you could you could do some kind of working in a city, right? You know, you're doing a ritual in a public space, um, but there are so many outside forces and energy and spirits and just it's so busy that mm-hmm. there is always that chance of that there that that wild unknown element, you know, creeping its way into your into your working or your spell. Um, no matter how much you ward, cleanse, protect, you know, there's always, it's just there. It's just, you can't, 
You can't get away from it. And what's interesting to me is someone who has been born and raised in a city, and I, I love my, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, you know, I love my city so much, and yet I sometimes, like, at this point in my life, I feel very um, suffocated by it. I feel, uh, I feel like I need a break from the city. Mm-hmm. And not saying that I'm going to go move out into some like remote cabin in the woods situation, because that's, I don't think that would also um, vibe with me for like a, a permanent living situation. But I do want to kind of get away from the main hustle and bustle of a city, just because I feel like my own brain is already loud and busy and constantly in motion mm-hmm. and i'm ready to kind of give myself the space to to quiet down my space mm-hmm. so that way my brain can also kind of take a break if that makes no. any kind of sense <laughs> i would like to say as somebody who grew up in a small town mm. there is what i would personally call the yo-yo effect you get people in big cities who haven't necessarily lived in small towns and nature who really are like, yeah, I just need to get out of here, right? Mm-hmm. And some people really do take to it, but the severe majority actually go fucking mad with boredom. A lot mm-hmm. of people are so used to the constant overstimulation of the city life that small town living bores them to fucking death. Like, hmm. when there's one movie theater, and you may not even get the new movies coming in, uh, it's a lot different, you know? And when you're living a, a pace of life where, like, you, uh, when when I was growing up in a small town, it's also a little bit different versus nowadays with, like, Amazon, right? But, and, like, also, say, like, Steam games, right? Because if I wanted a video game, I had to drive two and a half hours to go to Kelowna to get it right right to the nearest shopping center or whatever yeah and and maybe i was lucky if the radio shack in town got limited quantities of a game and i'd have to check with them to see if they were getting a release and if they did i could maybe pre-order one and if not well fuck it i'd have to chance it and drive to one of several different cities in several different directions right Mm -hmm. and like i could get shit like like food tools gasoline like pretty much everything you need to like survive But if you're talking about, like, having fun or going out and getting fancy clothes or, like, uh, doing doing things that are, like, kinky or shit, even witchcraft shops, fuck, you'd be Mm. surprised at how many places in the middle, in the the rural areas don't have that stuff and you can't just necessarily go get it, right? So you really are left to fend for yourself and to have to kind of try and meet those kinds of people. And I'll tell you this too, rural magic practitioners are a whole hell of a lot more clammed up than urban ones. Like urban magicians are fucking ludicrously uh, showy. Like people are putting sigils on their, on their hands. They're wearing like apparel, occult apparel and like putting their affiliations in up. Man, if somebody's working woo in a small town, you probably have no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. And you cross them, and next thing you know, you're having a whole bunch of bad shit happening, right? It is funny, because I, I do understand that, actually. That is funny that you say that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed that, the, and it's funny because um, when I was in Salem three years ago, four years ago now, whatever it was, uh, I was talking to um, a pretty well-known Salem witch who owns her own shop now. Her name's Leanne Marama. And um, I was talking to her, and she was telling me about how during the summer, that, that summer previous, she went to New Orleans, and how she was like, if you think Salem is powerful, she's like, it's like, it's right there. Uh, like like people have it like on their like like it's on the doorstep it's like it's hanging somewhere it's you know it's it like the people in new orleans it's just kind of but it's funny because it's also at the same time different it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's just accepted it's it, it, that it's there but no one's necessarily talking about it but it's in your face mm-hmm. whereas like you know i feel like new orleans because it's so old and Although one could say that Philly's old, but it also doesn't have the same history. Mm-hmm. I think that some of the places that are more steeped in, I guess, some form of magic or indigenous tradition, um, you know, you kind of get – the culture changes is all I'm saying, like mm-hmm. Sophia was saying. That's all. You know, like if you go out into like, you know, the, the you know, more like Dutch country um, – you know, even there, you can see it more. You know, the brow cry and and the Dutch powwow and um the the uh, the uh, powwow doctors and stuff like that in, mm-hmm. in Dutch culture, like that, it's more prevalent. Um, and then you know, but that's of course once again, that's older. You see the hex signs and all of that. But, but also, uh, mm-hmm. those groups are usually more based in rural spots though they're right, not really right. in like those exactly. big urban centers like, it's just, right mm-hmm. yeah it's it is weird right and i don't want to dissuade anyone and say now nah, you're gonna have a shit time in the woods because like honestly it really might be for you right and it is um a different day and age than like 25 years ago when i was six years old right like you can get a lot of the comforts of modern day life just like shipped to your fucking door now right like even i'm considering moving out of a bigger city and getting back to like a more traditional style of life right so like don't don't just uh turn away from it with me just being like ah you never know you might go fucking crazy on the border right because Mm -hmm. you know it is for some people right but it's it's a lot more uh hands-on and it's a lot of fucking work and um even finding those circles they aren't necessarily in every town, right? So, mm-hmm. like, for example, um, I know a coven that's just outside of Ontario. Um, not Ontario, I always mix up the two. Um, Ottawa, the capital of Ontario. Mm-hmm. And, and they're in, like, just this kind of small rural area scattered around um, Raven's Knoll area. And if you know that name, you know the people, and it's, like, obviously very obvious, but you have to know that there's a community there to go looking for it to kind of find it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're just driving through the middle of nowhere and you stop at a small town and expect to find practitioners there, you may find not a damn soul. Because generally, if a town's friendly to a practitioner, you're going to have a few. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. And, like, you'll, you'll have groups uh, kind of popping up everywhere out there because they can really do a lot more serious big style rituals without being observed you know See, if you yeah. also don't have that cloak of anonymity you know like if you are doing a ritual and some people find out locally you can start some real fucking problems 
especially as somebody who grew up in a town which had like a lot of different occult groups in it and practitioners like you'd you'd stumble across a sacred site and sometimes you'd have like active let remains from like someone's ritual sacrifice there like whoever it was in my town who was doing their work had a real thing for killing birds Mm. i don't know what it was but we always found the gore from dead birds when they were doing the shit so you know you you there's a lot of weird shit that can kind of happen and you can also Mm -hmm. get in like this really freaky mage war with people out there like like i found on uh my family's property like this really intense uh site where people have been doing a working like trap a land spirit in and i like smashed it and got rid of it because they shouldn't have been doing that right and like it's it's not a, a a walk in the park you know it, it can be real sketchy out there yeah. I, f- I feel like in the city you don't see as many obvious signs of magical workings um it's rare yeah uh, in my youth i used to stumble upon them more but that was almost very intentional cuz like i was when i was in high school and younger i like obviously i didn't have as much control over the the you know the the psychic senses mm-hmm. and i would just kind of be like oh hey i'm being led to something and i like wouldn't even realize i would just trance out and i'd follow it and like i would be with my friends and i would just be like i would stop and i'm just like staring and they're like what are you doing and i'd be like oh huh and i, I would snap out of it and there's like uh, like a sigil or a paraphernalia of, mm-hmm. of a cult something nature and they would be like, how? And I was like, I, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't have an explanation for it. I would just stumble upon it. But it wasn't frequent enough to say that, like, you know, similar. It was actually rather infrequent. So, like, all those times, the times that it did happen, it was kind of, it was, it just had a more sense of uh, eeriness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because it, it yeah. was so infrequent. So that actually entirely depends on the city that you're in. Um, yeah, yeah. With Toronto, I cannot tell you how overbearingly packed with magic this place is. Like, you're like, it's you stumble onto it when you're not even looking for it. Like a, a block and a half from my house, when I was getting food, somebody had tagged uh, with one of those "Hello, my name is" stickers. 156 like they had done mm. a dcam you tag a block and a half from my house and nobody in the network even claimed responsibility for it it was just like some other person who had heard of us and was doing shit on their own right like you come across that stuff all the time and if you know how to read graffiti and like look at the the spaces where it goes on there is such an active magic current in cities and that's kind of what i wanted to get down to in the episode because like we could talk about like all kinds of different things but the things that really interest me most about uh urban magic versus uh rural magic like in nature is simply one how the land spirits differ like what you're working with in the city versus out in nature is similar like they're kind of like from the same sources but they're totally fucking different Mm -hmm. right and Um, for me and personality in terms of temperament yeah mm -hmm. And then the other thing um, that really I was kind of thinking of is people's practices on how they differ, you know, like Mm -hmm. out here, um, it's a lot more like intuitive, um, underground, um, kind of like survival based. And out in the woods, it's a lot more uh, 
deliberate, um, cultivated. Like, I, if I was to go out in the woods to do, let me put it this way. If I'm doing um, a synchronicity walk where I want to find information, find magical items and things, and find magical places, I'm going to walk through Toronto and I'm going to do the things that I do to start a synchronicity walk by trying to find one of the signs that says discovery walk, give it a little bit of an offering and then start walking with magical intent, right? Or find a space that deliberately reads the liminal space and start going through it. But even then I can just be like walking down the street and like Scott said, something grabs my attention. I walk down a back alley and boom, I'm in just like this magical place out of nowhere. So like yep. cities are kind of like mazes that are constantly folding onto themselves and trying to show you stuff or hide stuff from you. And like, it's really justice based. And I don't mean like mm -hmm. legal system based, but yeah. there is like a real thing about the spirits of the streets watching you yeah if you're someone who's like kind and like shares space with people and is respectful and gives change to homeless people you'll be fine man the homeless people will remember the person that's given them change and if, if i don't have change for them they won't even bother me because they know i'll give them money when i have it right there's a fucking totally chill and i bet you if i was getting mugged in my area the homeless people would fucking come and club the guy upside the head because i'm the person who gives them change every so often you know like see it's stuff like that i want to i would love to sit here on this episode and say i give change to homeless people all the time and the <laughs> truth is i don't um, yeah, it's because it's deliberate. It's not accidental. Nobody carries change anymore. You have to go right. back to get money to give to the poor. I mean, right? one is really like, I just don't really carry cash. That's just really the, the first factor. The second factor is, I don't know if, if uh, I don't know, maybe Philly just has a different breed of, I don't I don't even know how to put this. Anyway, the, the people here, they're really invasive. Like they're mm -hmm. they're angry and sometimes they will get violent and it's I hate to say it sometimes it's 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 safer to just dodge them. Well, I we do that have, sometimes too. Like if a guy to, is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we have to understand like Philly has a, um, a particular situation that that comes from. So um, a lot of our homeless comes from. Unfortunately, uh, we've I think we've actually briefly talked about this before on a very older episode, but um, I could say it again. It doesn't. Doesn't matter. a lot of our homeless uh, situations stem from our heroin it, problem? Uh, that also too. Um, uh, many years ago, a uh, couple decades ago, uh, there was a big shutdown of a lot of Philly's mental asylums. Yes. Uh, due to yes, um, that is true. Mal malpractice and maltreatment, and a lot of those people, even though elderly, of course, now or up there in age. Um, a lot of them are untreated mental health patients who or, or ex-patients who, yeah. you know, now have, um, you know, uh, live with uh, situations that have, you know, psychotic features. They're just um, out on the streets with nothing. Right. And they're, you know, uncared for and, and their, their illnesses are exacerbated by the stress of uh, homelessness. And um, <clears throat> so our situation is a bit unique here in PA in that regard. Mm um because of that situation uniquely affected the pa area just because of uh interestingly pa i found out had a had a thing with uh insane asylums um we liked uh, here in pa we liked to put our insane asylums out 
on the the outskirts of the city and uh kind of going more towards the rural areas mm-hmm. um and then we shut them down and just were like okay well we have nowhere for you to go so leave yeah exactly um, we'll just turn them out we don't want them and you know it was it was a whole culture of the time and you know so that but i'm sorry i didn't mean to <laughs> sorry <laughs> just explaining no you're good and like i avoid someone if they're getting aggressive on the street too like i i have a really good street sense i know exactly when to give money to someone and exactly when to leave them the fuck alone right yeah and it isn't even it isn't even about um if someone's faking being homeless or not i don't give a fuck man i'll give right. you change if if you need it i'll really give you change but like if you're wearing super nice clothes i'm probably not going to give you as much as the person who's like roughed up and looks like they probably need it right but i'm not yeah. gonna just like you know i ain't giving you shit you faking like fuck that noise like, like i don't no. know um i'm assuming toronto has a subway system right oh yeah yeah okay so I don't know if this happens on your subway system, but it happens on ours. We I'm just gonna tell you yes before you even say it. Do you get a whole performance? Go on, explain that. Uh, kind of like they come into the train car, and they just demand your attention. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am blah blah blah, blah. and then and it's a whole spiel. And sometimes it's a, a a sermon. Sometimes it is just I'm gonna yell at you until you give me money. Um, sometimes it's just anger and just, yeah, fuck all you motherfuckers, it's, it's, right, it's, you know? It's, it's generally not anger because it's Canada and people will probably respond really negatively to your anger. It's not commonplace like America. Mm. But you'll get people with, like, with holes in their clothes who really need it going rattling a, a cup down the, the thing just hoping somebody yeah. will get money. You'll get somebody, like doing their like sales pitch or whatever you'll get you'll get accordion players and like buskers walking down the mind you that was a lot more pre-covid right right yeah but yeah um but if you're good to the homeless people who are who are kind and reasonable like they'll be they'll be good to you like they're people you know and exactly and Mm -hmm, and, like when you treat them like they're people holy fuck they remember it i promise you they are not gonna forget your face if you if you actually do something that really means something to them, they will remember you. You know, mm. I re- and- I remember when I was still at PetSmart, um, and I was like, I, there was this, I don't know what it was, but like this one summer, I was just like, I want to make sure that I give you know home. I don't know what it, I just had this burst of I don't know. I just was making sure to give when I could, and um. I remember I saw these like gutter punks mm. living uh, in, a, in, a, in an alleyway, but they had these two beautiful golden retrievers, mm-hmm. and um, I have my opinions about the gutter punk lifestyle, but um, just because of its origins and gets pretty classist at times. But um, mm. I uh, I told them politely. I said this is for the puppies, and uh, I gave I gave them like a lot of quarters i had like mm. all these quarters from something i don't remember but they were really chill they like smiled and were like thank you so much and like i pet their dogs i asked their names were and stuff it was cool but that was a nice thing i also gave it to like homeless homeless people too you know um, i also want to take a quick sidebar and say i cannot stand 
um all the videos that are that just flood social media of people like i get like people when they when they film themselves giving to the homeless or to the poor or this i can't stand that that is not charity like i'm sorry it's not charity it's you're just posturing exactly and also the same with those animal rescue videos because you mentioned the dogs and i thought of that too like i saw this this one video earlier it was like this this barn owl like flew into this guy's window and was like you know kind of shook and paralyzed because just flew into the window and this dude instead of like my instinct would be oh my god you know open the door you know get a towel help the bird you know whatever his was pull out my phone and film it while it's laying on the snowy ground twitching and he's like oh look he just fell oh i have to help him well why don't you get off your fucking phone and do it Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. my little tangent there. This shit pisses me off. That's not charity. Do not mistake that as charity and and good things, because it's fucking not. <laughs> yeah, like when when there's a social movement going on, and then somebody donates to it, and then takes a screenshot of their donation, and then puts a post on Facebook with it, and gives some sort of spiel about giving back or helping out because then you claim in on your good social capital check and everybody knows that you've done a donation and mm-hmm. oh look at you you're doing the right stuff let's give you a standing ovation it's just fucking ass kissing bullshit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah anyways back to the fucking magic Yes. Um, the uh, the spirits of the city versus the spirits of nature are very fucking similar. Like, here's one thing I would not make the mistake of: um, thinking that a city is safe and nature is not, or vice versa. Mm. They are both fucking completely fatally dangerous but in completely different ways you know i was yeah. just going to mention that i was just going to mention safety and i was going to ask you something sophia um so all right so right now in where i live in philly which is not one of the worst neighborhoods it's on the decline but it's not one of the worst um mm-hmm. i feel okay sitting outside my house at night i wouldn't really wander this immediate neighborhood at night like you know just mm-hmm. aimlessly wander around mm-hmm. now i guess uh like i guess i'm just thinking like where you grew up in particular like the immediate surroundings around your actual house did you feel safe there no no man in my backyard we had a moose and when I was like eight years old, we got called in because there was a fucking cougar in the swamp behind our house that they had to shoot with a rifle because it was killing people's dogs. Okay, so it was so you lived very, very, very rural then. See, I wasn't yeah. sure like how, <clears throat> I guess, kind of like close to, like literally, nature was your backyard. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't have a fence back in the day, and it was just like. There was the deck, which didn't even have a fucking railing. You could fall <laughs> off it. <laughs> and then there was, like, the backyard with the gardens. And past that, it was just the dirt road, the forest, and the swamp, and the river. And that was it, mm. you know? Right. And then, mm-hmm. and Now, what about... wandered in, you fucking had to know how to deal with it, you know? Now, what about where you live now? Like, um... You know, like, do you feel comfortable, like, sitting outside at night, like, oh, on your front porch? Fuck, 
man. You don't. I don't give a like. Here's the thing. I don't. I'm not somebody who like really gets worried about who am I in a safe city or in the safe area of the city. Because, well, how like, is your neighborhood though? Is it considered one of the safer no. ones or not safer ones? Okay. Fuck no. Okay. But but at the same time, nobody fucks with me. Mm-hmm. And if they did, I walk around armed. I'm black belt. They're gonna underestimate me. No, nobody gives me trouble that I can't handle, right? That's mm-hmm. that's why I I like I could sit out on my front porch with my groceries, smoking my bong, and if someone rolled up to try and do something, unless they have a gun, they're fucked, right? right. So it's chill. Then nobody's really just rolling around with guns in cities in Canada, uh, unless you're like really in a rough area. And I've never even seen areas that rough where people are just having shit pulled on them like that without deserving it. And people talk about like getting stabbed in the cities and murders and shit like like it's random shit that just happens to anybody. rarely it's like, oh, man you usually gotta do something to get yeah. stabbed you're, you're not just gonna like have yeah. that happen just because you know like there are there are like serial killers sure and there are like people who target individuals and stuff but usually like if something like that happens it's for a reason and like senseless acts of violence by far out here are like the absolute fucking minority you know believe it or not i mean like that that that's totally true like i mean nine times out of ten if you're if you're involved in stuff where stuff like that is you know the 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 law of the land if you will um that's kind of you you, you're gonna be met with what you put out in that regard you get what Mm -hmm. i'm saying yeah um so like if you're involved in shady shit then you're gonna get shady shit happening Mm -hmm. um exactly so and then nine times out of ten, that's exactly what it is. Um, I, at least I think, anyway. And that kind of like, makes. Sorry. I was just gonna say, and like you can get pulled into shit, especially if you grew up in areas through like your friends or associates. Like yeah. that is a real fucking hard deal sometimes. But like shit even then i don't know maybe it's just because i didn't grow up in this city but i don't have the same kinds of troubles uh with safety out here that other people did just because i i kind of came up from a different ball game you know like for me safety in the city is like knowing not to go down certain back alleys because that's where drug dealers are going to be doing their shit and where not to fuck around and like where certain stuff is like it's just it's just it's just like knowing where a lion's den is you know Mm -hmm. um and that's why, like, when I did, like, a little bit of time on the streets, like, it was fine. Like, it was stressful as fuck when people were, like, being aggressive and shit because we were in, like, the worst possible area we could be. But, like, it was still manageable, you know? It's not like I ever had a gun waved in my face, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, one of the differences here, especially in, like, just in America as a whole, is that there's just, there's no gun control, let's be real. There's, there's virtually none of it. So, I mean, yeah, you could just walk into a Walmart, buy a gun, call it a damn day. Um, so literally anyone could have a gun at any point. And, and that's just, um, that's a, that's a thing that's in the back of your mind, like, from when you are three years old. And I guess I'm it's... to be real honest. Hmm. If I lived in America, I'd be concealed carry all the time and i wouldn't even tell anybody i have a friend who is and he only tells people he knows he can trust Mm -hmm. i wouldn't give a fuck i'd have a snub nose 45 sitting on my thigh every time and if someone started shit i'd blast them right in the fucking face i mean i'll be completely honest i i hate and loathe the idea of especially handguns you know i just i just i'm like 
um but i i am considering getting a gun permit just because of where i live and i'm like even me i'm considering getting a gun permit what the fuck you know <laughs> and i hate them um but uh yeah that that is a it's just um it's a very real um thing that you kind of grow up with and i guess it's like maybe it's like the urban equivalent of like hey you know if you go out there there's there's cougars out there or there's a bear in the woods you know it's like if you grow up in a rural area and i think that's maybe it in america at least that's kind of like the idea is like hey um anyone could have a deadly weapon on them at any time so you know mind your p's and q's um if you could believe it i had two customers at PetSmart. um two they were not with each other at all but um that that were always armed when they came in for whatever reason right it it uh it happens i i, I see so many guns <laughs> i mean like, i'm gonna be honest um the reason i'm alive is every time i've been in the woods i went out armed every right. single time without exception um be it a firearm be it a machete be it an axe i had something and i've used it to defend my life before that's but why see, I'm here. right but that's see that but also too that's, that's that's very distinct like i told darian i was like well it's funny we, me and darian were just having this conversation today this morning i was saying you know given this kind of lifestyle that we like you know this kind of halfway or home you know this homesteading sort of thing that we're kind of getting into i was like you know uh to do that it's kind of wise to have um, a firearm on the property you know yep. for for animal stuff you know and that but that that's very normal you know what i mean like and as much as i talk shit about my uh <laughs> sperm donor of a father um on here if there's one thing i know from his his upbringing in west virginia that's very common for people you know raised on farms and farm-like environments where you know you're living side by side with wildlife especially you know like the the you know the the more apexy bears and wolves and cougars and, and mountain lions and stuff like that that's very it's 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 not only is it normal it's smart you know what i mean you're you're caught with your pants down if you don't have it honest to god like what are you what are you gonna do if if you're getting charged by a moose you know are you gonna just hide inside i mean you could yeah but if you know anything about mooses they're one of the most territory animal the territorial animals in existence so like charge a train head on because it's in their neck of the woods and just die in the process they just don't give a fuck you know mm -hmm. like if something like that's going after your dog are you just gonna sit by and watch if it's going right. after your kid, you're gonna sit by and watch. Right. But if you live in the south and you got a pack of feral hogs, you don't really got a choice other than owning an AR-15. And I know people who are living in this city are like, "Are you kidding me? Did she just say you have to own an AR-15 to deal with wild hogs?" Yeah, when you have a pack of like thirty or forty of them roaming around, you you actually do need a fucking assault rifle to be able to handle that stuff occasionally, right? Like frontier life is still frontier life like we got really used to the fact that we grew up in cities for a long time and humanity likes to think that we've revolved outside of nature but you go back out into nature and you know we're part of the food chain still especially the things like boars that are starting to take over areas um where they're like totally invasive now you know so like 
there's there's a lot of things like that and, and it's just kind of the same thing in the city right the only reason i'm not strapped in um Toronto is because one, I know that my hands and a ballpoint pen with my training is more than enough that I will pretty much ever need, unless they've got a knife, in which case I know how to make plenty of improvised weapons. And even at that point too, I can run real fast and parkour real good. I don't need to get into a fight if I don't have to, right? And at the end of the day, it's not about being some big bad person. It's just about being alive, you know? So that's I don't true Harry only seems a necessity mm -hmm. because everything is the wild west down there because everybody's walking around pointing fucking guns at each other's heads and doing this like wannabe cowboy shit you know so I am curious though Jay why why this question why why did you ask about safety because um I I keep thinking about um ritual right and and actually doing magic in a city versus um a rural area mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i didn't grow up in a rural area but you know me as in my in my my city kid fantasies about rural life right so the idea is like you know if you did have a group if you were fortunate you know to have a group of people in your rural area where you know you practice magic together you can go into the woods and be obscured by trees and you know and just be away from this from people from people looking at you from looking at what you're doing in the city if you're doing a working like that i mean you bet i mean we were fortunate that you have a little concrete slab that we call a backyard mm -hmm. <laughs> that you know what i mean that with high privacy walls right with with you know high privacy walls and granted is a is a concrete box the most conducive to you know you know, nature spirits be with us, you know, no, it's not, but it's what we have. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were very fortunate that it was, you know, out of the immediate seeing eye. But then at the same time though, it wasn't because anyone on their second floor, uh, of their house and, and can look did. and did cool. and often said, and sometimes we got comments or whatever, you know, and you know when you hear you know people just being like oh what's that fuck i think when we were dr drumming we we're doing a little bit of drumming you know like people can blast their fucking whatever fucking music to all hours of the fucking night but yeah. you know the witches start doing a little drumming in the backyard and it's like ah oh, you fucking rat rat you know what i mean and oh, yeah. and it's south philly too so you got that you know just that little oh, south philly oomph to it plenty of times where uh the next block over where people on the side on our side um apparently you know they talk about us or they did oh you know, apparently we were the satanists you know the block over oh it's always satanists it's always the default and i was like okay i was like <laughs> well we're not so that's cool <laughs> although there's nothing wrong with satanists if you want to know about that too but um, <laughs> get educated that's not what we are exactly. Well, you weren't with, uh, uh, what you call it at the time? Yeah, the Satanic Temple. Right. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you weren't with them at the time. This was a while ago, obviously. But, I mean, yeah, they talk, you know, and it's funny because I've, it took me a long time, uh, not, and not like outside of connecting to the spirits in the city, outside of that, it took me a long time to be comfortable to, 
how do I put this? Like to to actively just do my magic and not give a shit. Like yes, that's what I'm like, talking about. That's what I'm right, talking like, about I'm, is like that that almost like that stage fright. But when you're right, doing okay. a ritual yeah. in a public park and you're like, okay, we're this is like kind of private, but not really. And you're like, like okay, guys, let's do it. I I remember. I know, um, Sophia wanted to say something. It was oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm almost scared to say this. Um, you're safe in a city park compared to being out in the woods because it's not people that will watch you out in the woods. It's other stuff. And right. I, I, I'm still scared to this day of the things that I have accidentally called out while I was doing rituals in my hometown. You know, and it I've keeps done that me up at night. Though. It keeps me up i mean granted it can happen in the city but it's just not necessarily like it's not as visceral it's just like not behind every rock or every tree or blade of grass you know not just like wanting that land back just waiting to find somebody out there doing something to grab its attention to come on out to like I'm I'm serious. Like you find yourself in the wrong place in nature. Oh, and it's not to say that stuff can't happen in the city, but just folks, be careful. It, mm -hmm. It's one of the. See, I will. If I could say this though, when it comes to the city, in my experience, um, we have a lot of abandoned buildings, mm. and mm -hmm. those abandoned mm. buildings um vibrate. Uh, not they they vibrate at a certain frequency, but uh, due to their liminality, but um, they become houses to uh, a plethora of spirits that don't even all necessarily belong to the same tradition or culture mm -hmm. but because cities are uh, like like philadelphia in particular as that's my experience um I, I mean i've talked on here about you know meeting you know a yokai you know because mm -hmm. of, of you know traveling along with japanese americans that live here um there's you know japanese uh supermarkets not too far from here um and, you know, that was a shocking experience, you know, because it was like, wow, that's not even, you know what I mean? It's not native to the... Um, so, yeah. here's right, another and... thing I want to note yeah. quickly. American population density is huge, so I guess y'all's cities are completely different, because how many people are in, are in Philly? I oh. will look that up. Please continue with your score, though, Scott, because I was just thinking about it, like, Toronto's only, like, mm -hmm. two million. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually. Um, oh. Wow. So, as of. Okay, so I just punched it into Google, right? 1.579 million 2019. That's for Philadelphia. Population of. Toronto. Oh, we're at 2.9 for Toronto now. So you actually have more. Wow, you have really? more people. Okay. So actually, I think your population density might be higher because your city's a lot smaller. But like Vancouver, which is like one of the next biggest cities, uh, is six hundred and seventy-five thousand, and that's where I was living. Wow, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. But um, to to get back to it, what else I was saying was like there there is this kind of there's a hostility. To navigating the um the spiritual uh landscape in the city that i've experienced yes. in the sense that when i said temperament it was different like i've been out in nature you know going to um you know the cabin in, um 
you know, my father's old cabin in the Hudson Valley. Um, that experience was completely different than what I experienced here in the city. And it's not to say that they weren't capable of hostility in the Hudson Valley, but it was so old and so steady. Like mm. there was no, there it wasn't high pitched. Whereas in the city, things are very chaotic. So when I'm when I'm doing things in public, although I like to kind of secret myself off somewhere, um, or at nighttime in like a park, you know, that's closed, right. and hide myself from the police who are patrolling, you know, on the main, you know, whatever's. But, yeah, um, like they'll stop, and that's the other thing too. Is our cops are colossal fucking dickheads. They'll disperse your obvious, you know, totally fine little working that you're doing because you have an open flame because you have a fucking candle or right. something. But you know, they'll just let drug deals just keep fucking happening and all kinds of fucking other bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just ugh, cops. You know, like like um. I think the most hostile experience I've ever had, and I mean, I've had other, like, it's funny because as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that not everything hostile is quote unquote bad. Sometimes mm, yeah. they're just, you know, looking for something or they need something or, you know, like un unfinished goals of some kind. But um, the most hostile that I've ever felt is actually relatively recently. I think once again, I've talked about this before too, was driving past, um, Philadelphia's oldest graveyard or, or cemetery, excuse me, um, Laurel Hill Cemetery. Yeah. Um, it's a Victorian cemetery and it's huge. Um, and uh, the dead, uh, along with everything else that is attracted to the sheer potency of this huge liminal space, um, it radiates. And uh, not to say that it's evil in any way. I don't want to use that word, uh, obviously, but it it was um, heavy. You don't belong here, mm. you know. And the, the spirits in the city are very much well, like the like the like you, Sophia. Um, they're very territorial, but they're hard to talk to. Because Wait, they're, are you they're... saying I'm territorial and hard to talk to? No, no. <laughs> I think what what Scott meant is like what you were saying about <laughs> rural spirits. I'm, just, I'm, just I'm sorry, that's all I meant. To. Um, I'm so sorry. No. Fifty um, some odd episodes later, you're hard to talk to. Oh no. Um, but no, like it's 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 like you said, there are a lot of similarities, but they take place in different spaces. Like like I said, for us. It's it's the broken down spaces. It's the burnt out houses. It's yes. the you know um, the crime scenes. You know. Um, oh yeah, y'all got a lot more of those. Like I, like for instance, there was a body found a couple blocks away from me. Um, it was it was a it was a house people were squatting in, and they found a body cut up in like a a dumpstery thingy. Oh yeah, about and, two months ago. Yeah, like there was a body in a trash bag two blocks from my house. I can only imagine what's what is attracted to that, and you know, how do I put this? Um, we can't erase the the historical fact that sacrifice mm. and death causes shock waves. Violence causes shock waves in 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 the ethereal realm, and it it makes things happen. You know, um, and not very nice things. Um, oftentimes, it creates a a sort of a tear, a rip 
and what come what happens is it generates a rage and it generates an anger and the 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 spiritual uh nature of things here the spiritual landscape here in the city becomes chaotic and it's but that's also stretches back to what jay was saying about how you know cities kind of never sleep you know there's Mm -hmm. always someone outside somewhere doing something um and that's why like for me like i was saying like i've been in natural spaces where i know i wasn't supposed like there were times like i remember I, i took a family trip um with my father's side of the family many 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 years ago i was i was a child um and i remember we were in the mountains somewhere and i think it was in maryland and i remember we were walking around and there was this area where there were these bare scratch marks Mm. on the trees and um it was funny though because i was like you know I, I, of course, at the time, I didn't understand the relationship between the animal kingdom and the spirit world. But of course, that those two worlds are incredibly interconnected. And, um, you know, I couldn't understand why, like, past these kind of three trees where these bare scratch marks were, there, there was this energy that just was, like, pushing back. And I couldn't, I, I, I almost physically felt like I couldn't move forward. Mm. Um, and it was, it, it felt like there was eyes on me and it felt like there was, even though like there was nothing around, it was just like literally just off of a trail, um, that was pretty well walked. You know, there was other people on this trail. It wasn't just us, but, um, there, there still seems to be a level of like, when I say harmony, I just mean it's steady in nature. Nature doesn't have the same chaos if you well, will and I don't... yeah so so nature this is kind of how i feel nature nature was it it is life you know what i mean a city is artificial life in a way like it's really trying to put this into words and i'm trying so like a city is a system right just like how nature is a system nature is a perfect system right everything exists in nature for a reason right mm-hmm. But in a city, you have to construct all of the elements it needs to function. Does that make sense? I get it. Right, so you need plumbing, water, utilities, you need housing, you you, you know, like, you need a subway system, you need transit, you need roads, and, you know, but nature in and of itself, yeah, it, it is its own city, you know, if you really think about it, you know, there's it's its own commune its own system of living things um but it's that's all just that just came to be cities are these man-made yeah Yeah. organic yeah these aren't as organic as i mean you know and one you know like darian likes because darian hates the argument of like inorganic and organic because he loves biology right Mm -hmm. you know as far as he is concerned if it's on the periodic table of elements it's organic and he's not wrong Mm -hmm. um but we're, I think we're talking about it in a more, um, I don't know, esoteric sense or a more yeah. broader sense, you know? Um, no, but my main, my main thing, what I was really getting at with the whole safety thing is just that it's something about, like, when you practice magic in a city and you could try and be as relaxed and into it, but you always, always, always have your ears open and you're always looking around because you're looking for someone wandering up to you you're looking for you know what i mean you always i just feel like i can never 
I can honestly say any ritual that I have done in a public kind of setting in a city, I have never done 100% in. I've only been like 95 because that other 5% is like constant vigilance for what's yeah. around me. Yeah. But I get, I, I also, I mean, wow, there's so many similarities that just come from, oh, excuse me, I burped, sorry, 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 um, from Quick pause, Sophia, are you still here? I'm just, here, I'm oh, okay, I just wanted to be rocking back and forth going, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but like, I, I don't know, I actually did have a minute there where I like zoned out and like had a flashback to just like being in the bush at night and like just remembering what it's like and how, oh, it's fucked, man. See, I'm not saying that it, that 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 kind of thing isn't terrifying. That's not what I'm saying. And the thing is, I've never um, been experienced to that type. I, I don't want to say that type of nature. I've always experienced nature in a controlled sort of way. I've never just been in the woods, period. I've always been in X campground, X park. You know, that's always yeah. what it's been for me. So I've never just experienced visceral, raw nature. It's like this. Um, nature in specific areas in daytime is great. At nighttime, you best be careful. Especially right. at 3 a.m. You mm -hmm. best be goddamn careful. And I don't mean to be like that bitch, but like shit about like stories of stuff in the woods, they're not fucking stories, man, y'all. I've like seen shit. It's, it's, it's real. Um, other than that, though, like there is a profound sense of peace once you've like managed to understand your place in it right mm -hmm. because like that's the problem is we go out in nature as people who are raised in colonized society and we think we're at the top we are not at the top we're not no we're caretakers we have a place we need to understand that and be respectful because when you don't like shit can happen like i'll tell you a short story um i was uh, and and forgive me if i've told this story already on uh, the podcast but i used to like go on whole day walks in in the uh, my hometown i'd take a friend with me you never go alone you're always armed with you when you go to and you go um as far as you can go with like just the food and water that you have when you get tired you turn around and go back right because you don't want to be out past dark and i've never gotten yeah. stuck or been out past dark um i was over here in toronto going into a tiny park i'm not even talking like an actual set aside park i'm talking like just like a uh, uh, like a, a part of the city that was like you could see across it to the other side kind of park not quite no it was definitely mm -hmm. thicker than that it was like a part of the city that was inconvenient to develop sort of thing uh, okay and it was like kind of near a park so they like left it but like right i'm telling you as an experienced woods person it should not have been a deal right and i was going in there to get firewood with someone i took like i, I went ahead 10 feet and they were like don't get separated and i'm just like don't worry i'm from like uh, the woods you know and I'm like picking up trash trying to be respectful and stuff and like I got turned around 
like I had uh, these like white butterflies come out and like kind of grab my attention and I kind of like felt like spun around a couple of times a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like when I was trying to get my bearings and look back to where the person was behind me, they weren't there. And I started panicking because I tried to walk back and it was a completely different path. And I knew I was not in the part of the woods that I was in before. And I have never been fucking turned around like that in my life. Even out in my woods where I grew up, even though there's stuff out there that like may want to eat you and stuff that demands your respect as part of the, the natural hierarchy of shit, nothing ever managed to displace my sense of where I was, much less in a fucking fraction of a part, you know? And it was because I had wood experience that I was able to be fine. I was like, okay, calm down. You're in a parquette. Walk in one straight direction. Do not deviate it. You will get out of there at one point and find the edge of the park. I did exactly that, and I found the campground that I was at. And I had managed to exit the park like 200 feet north of uh, where I had entered and like on the the um, easternmost exit when I had entered at the southwest. So... Yeah, you can uh you can get some real real shit happening real quick, right? Even in, yeah. even in a city park, you can get turned around if the land spirits want to um really make you aware of their presence and let you know that it is not your woods. It's mm-hmm. a lot different <laughs> if I'm out by my hometown cuz I was born there. I was raised there. I grew up there. Those are my, those spirits and I, we have a close connection. Like my family lives there, you know, it's a lot different if you're just kind of traveling around and going places and finding yourself another spot, like Scott was saying. And um, like when you were saying you saw the, the bear claws in the tree, I'm immediately thinking to myself, I'm like, that's a big fucking nope sign right there. And most woods people I know usually turn around right there and then. And um, it's kind of interesting that when you didn't, you, you kind of got stopped, right? Because most people would have turned around then, right? Mm-hmm many people are not too interested in getting to close quarter altercation with the bear. So yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting. Right. But at the same time, um, I need both. I can't live with just one. Like I can't move out into just the woods. There's, if there's not enough stuff there for a trans person, I can't get, uh, my hormones really in a small town. There's maybe not even a, a doctor there that might prescribe stuff or be, uh, a healthcare program that has resources for me, you know? Um, right. Who's to say the pharmaceutical comp- um the, uh, far- the pharmacy or whatever even gets like my medication? I don't know, right? So there's maybe, a lot of things. Maybe that's, um, I, think, I think urban magic, right? I think it kind of uh sometimes i feel like when you do a working especially out in public in the city mm-hmm. you feel really drained um sometimes Ooh. it's a good way like wow it was great mm-hmm. like it was a good time and sometimes you're like no i'm really drained like yeah i was doing some work out there and because i was getting hit from all angles from other shit or something just you know just just took it out of me and i'm thinking you know like cities are cities are great, right? They're convenient. You have everything that you can imagine 
within walking distance usually especially if you're in a really densely you know populated kind of part so the idea is i can walk out of my house and i can go get milk i can go you know get some clothes i can go get a new pair of shoes whatever i want is at my fingertips as long as i have the money to get it right mm -hmm. so but the price of convenience is what i think about when it comes to cities and just like you know people weren't meant to be crammed together like this yes we're supposed to live in i fully believe that we were supposed to live in communities because we're very social beings but i don't think we we're meant to live on top of each other like this you know i don't think that you know we were that we were intended for this and i think a lot about how queer people tend to um be drawn to cities because of access to those things that they need right just like you were mentioning sophia especially if you're trans and this has happened in queer history like i'm talking about like what like queer history not just modern times um you know queer people have always been drawn to cities and but queer people also come with a lot of pain you know i don't know a single queer person who doesn't come with some level of pain and and hardship and trauma like a a scar we all have scars you know we all have really deep scars and that is just some of the energy of the city like the city can be so beautiful because you're you're bringing you know you're you have people together you can access things and and you're with you're with like people you know it's easier to find people like you and that's a big reason why that that right, right there is like one of the biggest reasons too is but that pain just it, radiates in a city and it's also mm -hmm. very sad i think queer people understood even from a, a you know a long time ago that we survive by coming together mm -hmm. um you know i i I have some issues these days with, you know, the idea of like LGBT community only because we are severely fractionated, yes. you know, groups within groups and group in, you know, those groups fight with other groups and they fight. Honestly, with themselves. I think it's socioeconomic status at this point. It depends where you fall. That's, that's a big problem. The, the, yeah. That, I mean, there's tons of problems. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of problems, intersectional yeah. problems abound, but like, you know, simplistic, you know, for simplicity's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah but in general the idea is being somewhere where you can find like-minded people like i actually when i was away for valentine's day um as i was telling you both before we recorded um i actually said to darian on our way to the bookstore i said it's really nice seeing all these queer people just living mm -hmm. their life you know um it was just really relaxing like right. I actually kind of like I felt my shoulders like when I realized it's like I I I recognize that my shoulders kind of like dropped. You ever have that when you're yeah. super tense and they just, woof. um, and I realized that they did that and I was like, oh man, you know, like clearly that means something. You know yeah. what I mean on a on a deep level, you know. So I mean, I get it. You know what I mean? I get that. You know. I don't know. But I think that's where the uh, the draining energy comes from with cities is that, you know, while you're while you're doing your your workings and your magic, the energy pull, like when you pull from the energy of the city itself, right? 
-hmm. you're pulling all of its beauty and all of its this and all of its that, but you're also pulling all of the pain that it holds. And you're uh, using yeah. that pain as energy for sure, but damn, are you tired <laughs> after you use it for so long? But you it's... <clears throat> but Sorry, it's... Oh, no, I was just... I mean, I was just going to say it's funny, though, too, because, like, once again, like, there, there are places, like, I have other, like, friends who live more rurally um, who have talked about, you know... <laughs> I have a witchy friend who talked about they found a barn and this barn they said it like consistently bad shit just seemed to happen there mm -hmm. and um it was always just this place of misfortune and you know if if it wasn't people who worked on it some guy fell off and hurt right. himself and couldn't work like it just was misfortune you know a series of and unfortunate events <laughs> mysteriously it was just excessive and um there was a, su a couple suicides there and like they you know of course come to find strange you know through digging around and like i don't know if it was the hayloft or what but they found strange uh hex-like paraphernalia uh, you know and it's you know it's even in nature you know like it's i i just think that the the um the obstacles are different the um how we go about things is different, but the experiences remain the same. Like Sophia is frightened, if you will. I don't want to say you're frightened by. Uh, you're you're generally I'm traumatized. Not <gasps> okay, traumatized by you know the the you know the A mountain lion that could be sneaking up. You know. I mean, I her. love it. I love it too, and I'm getting back into it. I'm just remembering the dark side to it because you got right. honor both regards. Uh, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, Jay and I, you know, we remember, you know, we think about, you know, the crazy zealot who is kind of like, you know, Satanist and live and I'm going to attack you in the middle yeah, of the street. The time I've been by. cornered on buses and trains and, you know. Because you're a pentacle. Yeah. Right? Have you, you know, yeah. for me, like how many times in high school mm -hmm. walking around with, I mean, granted, I had a larger pentacle than I do now. Mm -hmm. I purposely downgraded only because I, um. I didn't feel like I needed a larger one anymore. Yeah, I have but, a little um, tiny one. And I, so many times people would cross themselves or they would give me bad looks or, you know, how many times, you know, people would tell me, uh, oh, you're a Satanist, you know, to my, like, they felt they needed to tell me that I was evil, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they went out of I their remember, way to let you know. Right. Like, I remember one time this woman made it really awkward. I... I was sitting doing um, a witch's ladder. I just didn't feel very safe. Mm -hmm. The train just felt very hostile. Not that anything was happening, but, you know, I like that. It, it felt very the vibes. Common. There was just a really heavy, heavy. Ugh. So I was sitting, I had a piece of string with me. Um, witch life, right? Mm -hmm. Just a random piece of string and um, or cord rather. And I, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, let's, let's uh, tie up some protection, you know? And I, I, you know, by knot of one, you know? And I was doing that, and she, this this older woman, caught me, and she kept staring at me as she's trying to knit. And eventually, she puts her knitting away, and she takes out a rosary, <laughs> and she's like, kind of staring at me, and and she starts praying, and I'm just kind of like, I'm not doing anything to you, you know what I mean? Like, right. contrary to popular belief, it ain't about you. <laughs> 
it's like I'm not after you. Like I don't want to eat your baby. I don't want to. Like I don't care. You know what right. I mean? But you make me start to want to curse you. Like <laughs> when you do that shit, it's kind of like, well, maybe I should curse your rosary. You know what I mean? Like you're pissing me off. You know? Like and the thing is, like I don't mean to be a dick, but like stop. You know? And don't pray at me because where I come from, that's magical warfare. Right. You know what I mean? Um. And, you know, it's like, as I said before, I've, you know, as I've said before, like, you don't want to play that game with me. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> one true. of us is winning, and it ain't going to be you. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Um, Sophia, before we go any further, you wanted to talk about the dark part of. I was going to say, actually, um, I had been talking about the dark part mm -hmm. of um, Small mm -hmm. Towns. Yeah, and yeah. In, in retrospect, Oh, I got a preface too. I grew up in a really fucked up small town, mm. and 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 like wasn't like yeah, a happy part... small town. No, no. I mean, like certain spots and times, yeah. Um, but it's also like high, high weird, right? Mm. Like mm -hmm. I haven't had shit happen uh, like that pretty much anywhere else my whole life. Like there's well, you said that um, like Nelson, you... that's great. You were saying, I think you mentioned in a previous episode, you said your town was a little bit like, I don't know, like a little bit like Riverdale from Sabrina, like how just weird yeah. shit happens there. It is pretty much exactly like Riverdale from Sabrina, yeah. Yeah. Highly relatable show for you. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, by the way. <laughs> let me put it this way. I don't watch, um, what's it called? Supernatural, because it feels like a, it hits too close to home. What were you saying, Scott? Oh, I was saying Greendale. Riverdale's Greendale. the town. Oh, uh, my bad. It is Greendale. The other Dale. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll say this, actually. The the woods that I got lost in in the city was actually called Riverdale. Wow. That's weird. Yep. Mm -hmm. well, you also mentioned... Comics. Sorry. <laughs> there is an arc in the comics where Greendale does become an epicenter of the supernatural. So. Oh, mm -hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, but but yeah no like my small town was really messed up and it's not like all of them are like that like there's some plenty of folks who have peaceful small town life uh and good relationships with nature because they live in areas that aren't fucking cursed because they were never supposed to have people live in them <laughs> right right and that 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 i've noticed is like a really big issue like is kind of our disrespect I sometimes think that that's why cities can be really hostile because, like, when you when it's I'm just the utmost disrespect I'm, to the land. It's just the I, most I disrespectful thing respect. you could do is build a fucking city on it. I understand why we built cities. Yeah. Whether I whether I agree with them or not, not the point. I understand why. The point, the thing that I don't understand about cities is the excess. Mm. Is the um the progress for progress sake the in like in in uh, in industry and you know we have these disgusting horrible warehouse uh, districts you know um how many times did I walk past uh, the one going towards um the movie theater in South Philly uh you know where the the, the Titanic sister ship is and all yeah. up over there yeah 
you know, um, I, I walked there from my house sometimes, or we used to, to go to AC Moore when it was still open. And I would get headaches because there's like a plastic factory or something. Mm -hmm. And it gives me horrible headaches. Migraines, I even got a migraine a couple times um, just from inhaling its fumes. Like, we're just, we're, cities are excess. They represent the excess of of our species. And a lot of the time, I think that that's why I have such a difficult problem. Like when I'm in nature, like even there, like I remember I got to my dad's cabin and I fell asleep and this spirit of this woman, now I don't know if it was a human woman, me and Sophia had this conversation before, her connections to nature were pretty significant and it didn't necessarily uh, look like a, uh, as far as what, how she presented herself. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember how very okay she was with me because of my my awe of the, of the beauty of the land and my and my desire to or would be desire to protect it you know um it was felt by them they understood that I had no ill intention mm -hmm. um and they were able to see that in my my mannerism and my disposition and whatever uh clairvoyance that they may possess um and they were willing to just be like you know hey what's up you know, and I and, and I remember um, I talked to them and I told them, hey, like, you know, I told them what was up. I was like, I don't have the best relationship with my father, but he's really sick and I'm not a monster. I don't want him to fall and die, you know, in a mm -hmm. cabin in the woods, you know. Um, so I said, if you could just keep an eye on him and maybe let me know, uh, you know, if uh, something happens, all of nature is connected so they can they could get to me here, you know, mm -hmm. Um and uh, they were like chill with it, and to make it even to to, to show you that they listened, um, my father said he was seeing little impish men-like beings um, checking on him through his windows. Huh. Wow. Yep. That's creepy. And like that was how that was how like okay with me they were. Like I remember I was standing there just doing a house blessing, and I opened my eyes, and there were gnomish-like people in the living room just like what's up and i was like hey guys you know <laughs> and um it, we and like it wasn't hostile they were curious i mean they weren't my friend immediately but they were chill and it was easier to talk to them for mm -hmm. me um but there is something uh, you know but once again we have to remember too that it's a landscape it's an it, it's distinct um habitats and uh what would you call it? Like, uh, you know, like uh, how like there are different places have their own weather, climate, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, climate, um, climate, weather, not necessarily the same thing. Um, you know, certain things just the, the spirit world has its own climate, if you will, in different places. And, you know, going to the Hudson Valley and its connection to native lore and how like, you know, you could you could tell even even, you know, as I as I sat there, like I could feel the 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 rage of the ancestors in the land, you know, kind of how very white and conservative, mm. you know, the Hudson Valley became when that in all of the Hudson Valley belonged to natives, mm -hmm. um, all of it, all of it. There is not a part of it that didn't belong to native people, and when 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 I'm there, I'm like, there is no, there there's not even a black person when i'm there like mm. it's white it's just a sea of whiteness and you know and even that it's 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 hateful 
Um, mm-hmm. I think I talked about, you know, what they did to that, the the Halloween house, um, where they burnt it down. What? I think I talked about that. Did I talk about that on the podcast? I don't think so. Oh, uh, so there was a guy in Poughkeepsie where my father lived, where his uh, cabin was. And I didn't know about this, but there was this uh, really old historic Victorian home. And this gentleman in his youth used to have uh, the Church of Satan and w- local Wiccan groups mm. um, from New York. They would all go up to his house. He would let them have seances and ceremonies. Oh, okay. He would let them have moots and meetings. And um, a couple, about a, uh, however long ago now it was, uh, a neighbor decided to drench the entire house, the first, you know, the, the, the floor, first floor in uh, gasoline and, and, you know, torture. Whoosh, the whole house went up in flames. Oh. Um, and it's awful. an old Victorian home, so you know a lot of this house can't be restored. But that—that's—that's that's the nature of, you know, and that, and that, and then of course, like not to like deviate from the the inherited uh, pain of native tribes, but even like what I was trying to get at was difference. Um, the thing that also made it worse is that the man that owns that house now um, was a gay man, a, a very feminine, very queer gay man, and. Um, you know, it, difference and and like I can imagine why there is this 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 anger, this rage in the land. But for me, it was easy for me to cross into that because I had no ill ill in my heart towards mm-hmm. them. I did not feel any different from them. I felt similarly. You know what I mean? Right, because you were yeah. angry with them. Right, and that that became apparent the more they understood. You know. And I went there saying, like, hey, I'm not trying to intrude on your space. I'm just here visiting. Um, I'll be going back home to the city. Like, I told them my timetable. Like, I let them know my entire, you know, reason for being there. And um, and that was easier for me. Um, and that, of course, you know, my father was like, you know, be careful going down past the lake. Um, there are, uh, you know, mountain lions and stuff like that. Um and of course, one, of course, I respected that space. Of course, it was also really difficult to get to because of the river. Mm. It, it made um, you had to kind of pass this part of the land that was like dry. It was so it, the soil was so uh, wet that mm-hmm. it was always always mud. You know what I mean? Because the river. But um, you know, I didn't tread in that space because not only did it that that space belong to the uh, to to beavers and wild cats and. Uh, all sorts of animals, raccoons and the skunks and everything else kind of kind of lived in that space. Um, that was the animal space, you know. I stayed in my space, you know. Because um, I, I did, I went down there once and I was like, eh, this ain't for me, you know. Mm-hmm. This isn't my mine, you know what I mean? Because um, there was, a, what you call, there was a poison hemlock on the edge of a, a natural pond. And I was like, I went over to it and I was like, hey, can I have this? You know, I asked him the spirit and the plant. And even the plant was like, I don't belong to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am sorry. Have a great day, you know? And I just politely was like, let's go back up. And I didn't say anything to anyone, but we went back to the cabin. You know what I mean? I think a lot is, like Sophia said, it's kind of learning to respect the land. Um Fear is a little fear is good because it keeps you alive in nature, but respect and understanding your place in the world around you and understanding like like my understanding of the city and its excess, you know, like I hate that about the city. If I, I hate could it. just also um chip in, like I mean, as we all know, like 
all of the land was native originally, but I think why those areas hurt so much is a lot of spaces where like, like a lot of stuff, I don't know about American history too well versus like Canadian, but like up here, a lot of stuff was set aside for like settlers to have specific areas, right? Like there was like rules and agreements, right? And have it go from being like guests on the land to like actively destroying people to like forcing them into concentration camps that are called reservations mm-hmm. to then like trying to take away that like stuff that's even guaranteed to them by treaty rights and like force condos and developments in it and and like uh, kick them off of the the land that they the last scrap of what they have that's why it's so angry is it's not just like one slap on the cheek it's like one after another after another for like i mean since 1492 right right you know so it's it's been a long fucking time and and i think that's why certain areas are more raw and and have more pain to it right because like my hometown was was traditionally a sacred area and people were just not supposed to fucking live there but it didn't it, it happened that when colonizers came through um i think they established a road through the area first and it was like a small little settlement um and they had like dukabars from russia come in and settle the place uh and and whatnot and the town's burnt down like fucking twice and had like flood that devastates it and it had it just subject to constant shit and you think the people would leave but they don't right and and you could look at the area of Lake Kelowna in the Okanagan Desert where like it was supposed to be um, reserve lands and they stole it and fucking subdivided it and put in put in um, like housing and, and, and the spirits are just fucking angry and people have, have like real intense sightings out there, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's like kind of where it comes from, you know, like land that's been respected land that has not had its people butchered and displaced and and uh horrific things done to them it tends to be a lot more chill and and like in certain parts of canada it's still unceded land and as much as they want to say that like oh you know everything from from vancouver island to prince edward island is crown land but no fuck that like there's a lot of unceded territory and there's a lot of illegitimate claims going on in the, with the Canadian government trying to like say that like British Columbia is British Columbia when like pretty much all of that's not, not theirs, right? So you can go to certain parts of BC and the land's really fucking happy because there's no colonizers that have gone in there and like extracted the resource and devastated the water table, you know? Like they might've like visited the area, but they haven't like, absolutely fucked it to the nth degree right so it it depends where you are there are some really good places where like it just warms my spirit to be there you know um and i think that like when when you act um as somebody who's trying to protect the land and work with the people who who have been displaced and and understand like your role in that even as a mixed person you know like i'm part of my ancestors fucked up native people too and i'm responsible for that as well so like Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's Mm -hmm. just doing work at this point you know and 
when when you're on that side it tends to work out for you you know like as as much as i've seen spooky stuff and it's scary like i go crazy without without being on the land you know and as much as i like love that i can get things in the city like like it's like very much like a positive energy and a negative energy thing for city magic and and nature magic to Mm -hmm. me right and i don't view positive as good and negative as bad Uh, right right right. but like in the woods i can go i can find uh i can go get like birch bark or cedar or or like lavender or stinging nettle or like fuck so many different uh mm-hmm. plants and herbs that i can find or i can hunt or i can like dig a well you, like start camps there's so many things i can do but like can i get metals out there no probably not and if i need to get like tools and things like wandering through the city i can get like magical fucking artifacts that i just find in the street it's one of my great talents that i do i like just find stuff through synchronicity walking it doesn't work the same way in the woods i might find like animals i might find like sacred spots where i get like messages and it's a very spiritual direct thing but it's not necessarily going to work the same way and i I find that like if i don't have both i'm sad you know and and even though cities are way too fucking busy i don't think that that is like how they have to be that's just a feature of how they are now like we had mentioned i agree i was gonna say i would um i would actually love if all three of us could ever visit like a super um like a green city right like a really like a a reimagined green city i know they're out there and i would love to go to one there's one a really popular one in uh florida uh, florida <laughs> yeah they're, they're like they're like state their state government is um the green party i don't remember what it is christian told me mm-hmm. um one thing i was gonna say though with like cemeteries for example when i'm in a city i don't realize how much constant background noise there is it's not even noise it's like pressure and I don't even realize it's there, right? But when I go into a graveyard, there it's it's one stupendous kind of magical liminal space, and I don't know what the fuck it is. But past those threshold, and I All mean the knock them three disappears. times, and I go in there. Yep, it is gone, and yep. it is just holy shit. And is... I am at. I am at peace in a graveyard. I just like take off my headphones that I all have on 24 seven to just block out as much as I can. And I can just walk quietly for hours, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's completely different. And it's like, what's going on there? Well, the energy, right? All the people who are there are dead. They've been laid to rest. It's, their their final resting grounds unless something else should come the other people who come either come for a peaceful quiet no ill intent walk maybe a witch is going there to get some supplies no judgment here maybe somebody's tending to their grounds there's no real exchange of money going on no you have your occasional teens drinking behind the gravestones but about it yeah, and like sure graveyards are a business, like don't get me wrong, yeah. like the funeral business is fucking brutal. 
but like past the point of bearing it's calm you know mm. and something like that i don't know if it's necessarily able to take that and extrapolate it onto a bigger model and still have it be a city but there's got to be something you could do to make a city more peaceful you know like i think even if we understood how to magically insulate shit you know yeah and i think that's kind of where people are going with green cities you know like this idea that nature doesn't have to be separate from the city it can be a part of the city you know cities like can Vancouver. be walkable yeah like cities can be walkable it's it's uh -huh. ideal if they are you know like we can have much more green spaces we we can have more you know renewable energy sources our our waste product the excess that you were talking about scott like we can turn that into energy to fuel the the city itself so right you know, it's just, we just, we're, we have to think about it differently. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know, Philadelphia itself, because that's the city I know the most. I don't know if Philly will ever go that route. Knowing what I know, probably not. Philly will look <laughs> the same, <laughs> probably. I mean, no, I don't know. I mean, I feel as if we're trying sometimes i feel like we're always trying i think that's the the, the thing with uh yeah. philly or maybe just being a city witch is you always feel like you're trying mm -hmm. but sometimes I, you I, never feel like you're thriving i will say yeah i i, I mean we but we all know that i i feel that you know i've mm. talked about this enough right but uh, like ever since i've like last year when i started gardening when i kind of brought like when I when I intentionally incorporated nature into my living space, um, it helps me out a lot. It really helped me to kind of bring a more rural like energy to my space. Um, I really do wonder sometimes if the problem is is that there's not enough green in the city, like you said, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah because like when i go out there there is this sense of peace and calm and before my uh garden um which of course is obviously all dead now it's all like you know winter or whatever but mm -hmm. um but before like you know in the city i don't know how how it is in, in in the more rural areas but um things like energy itself just rides the wind like you can get hit in the face with like a blast of, of of a breeze, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, completely off balance energetically, and and you know, and you're just like, God damn it, what hit me? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and now when I go out there, it's not like that. Um, it, it you know, bringing in kind of greenery, it kind of creates a, a balance, mm. um, and. Maybe that's what I'm trying to get at. Maybe it's that I just don't think that cities are as balanced as nature itself is. Oh, of course not. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and the energies it's it's kind of like a, it's like limbo in D&D. &D, um mm -hmm. energetically, you know, where like rock is kind of becoming liquid and you know, sand is becoming lava, you know, like because it, what it is is this is that cities favor the elite. Right, mm -hmm. cities favor the the predators. Right, nature favors nothing because nature it's one cohesive groups. system. 
nature mm. absolutely favors groups. Mm. Right. Like if you if you're gonna survive in nature, you need people. Like you can't you like out here money is what wins, right? In nature, it's numbers. Like if you if you, even if you had one person with you, if you get rolled up on by a pack of wolves, oh, you're you can still be fucked if you don't have the good level of firepower. Like even that's what I was talking about. Like um, the the feral hogs down south, right? Mm-hmm. Like they roll around in packs of like thirty, forty, because it makes like a big fucking difference if you're fighting a whole herd, right? So like, it that's the one thing I wanted to kind of mention too. Like a lot of people who want to move out into the woods kind of have the whole urban myth of like just gonna move out and do it by myself. But yeah. Like, nobody ever did that in all of history pretty much like granted there were the the lone people who'd move away from groups to go survive by themselves but dear god they already understood how to do that usually ahead of time and if they didn't Mm -hmm. they are the exception not the rule like Mm -hmm. people grew up in nature in groups you you learn to do all the skills that you needed to survive in it being taught by your grandparents and your parents and your aunts and your uncles and your community and you'd be taken care of by your community in nature the same way you would here except it'd be a whole hell of a lot more just because the community is accountable to the community you know it's 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 a completely different way of living a life and you know and and you don't get that think, in the city you kind of just get thrust into a city and you're like okay figure out where you belong in in city you have the um the rule of violence actually um i was reading about it or actually watching a view on it earlier today um whoever can have a monopoly of violence essentially rules the city or um government in general that's how they work right they have a monopoly on violence that's essentially what the police and the army is right you you can't out violence them they will violent you the most and that's what makes them the big boys right and that's just kind of like the rule of thumb and if you're not necessarily like warring against each other um out in nature it's just the rule of the community not the rule of the stick you know Mm -hmm. and i don't know and to get back to the whole like uh being in a green city like vancouver is a very green city that's really what i miss about being in it um like like when you walk down a street there's trees that form a canopy over it so there's shade so the pavement's not baking you know what i mean like stuff like that that's just like you would think it's so intrinsic and just basic and that's how stuff should work but it just doesn't because the city sees trees as threats and damage because their roots can damage irrigation systems and sewer and uh as they grow um and they they heave up they can wreck uh roadways and stuff and Mm. trees are a constant investment um and cost for the city to keep in they have to keep up with um any canopy branches falling that might snag uh people's property or hit like overhead lines like trees are a great deal amount of work just to keep in a city just because of how much city infrastructure requires it to just dominate the the nature around it right because we still haven't really learned to find a way that is cohesive and harmonious we're still very much running a us over top view model of of society and that's kind of what makes cities so rigid and inflexible right yeah and that's why it's uh constantly trended away from green space um 
That and things like um, if you live in neighborhoods where they want to police you more, they cut down all the fucking trees so they can just fly a helicopter over and see everything. That's why poor neighborhoods don't have any trees. Mm. Mm Hmm. Damn. Didn't know that one? Yeah. Uh, There was a certain thing you can look it up about uh, how they did it in the States to a lot of um, poor black communities. They would just go in and take out like all the vegetation that people could potentially hide in or it could be used to create cover and then what that also does is it greatly increases the heat in those areas and then also lowers the air quality and it's like a big snowball effect of negative things that they're doing all at once with that right so it's it's just one of those things where like racism and classism ties into like uh, green spaces in ways that you just still wouldn't expect, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's. I mean, like, look at um, we have a, excuse me, a um, a shop, a new shopping center here, relatively new. It's called Sprout, and it's really expensive. But apparently, like everything is, you know, organic and green, and you know, it's 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 like Whole Foods, you know. Well, your you know, neighborhood is being gentrified. <laughs> where you're mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Well, it's not really in my. It's it's more towards. Well, unfortunately, you know. So it's creeping over. It's uh right across the street from Kappa. Jen. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm saying it's it's, it's, it's creeping over in your area because you have houses like. There, yeah, because yeah, you have row homes that are going for like you know a hundred grand, and then you have but right next door is like a row home going for like half a mil. So, <laughs> you know. You know, your your area is definitely being gentrified, so you're going to definitely start seeing that kind of stuff starting to pop up. And that, I mean, gentrification, that's a whole other, you know, thing to get into. Um, but I kind of I kind of wanted to, to wrap this up. Um, you know, we, we've been talking for a while on this, and I am sure that this is a topic that we will, you know, definitely revisit. But I, I, just for my own little concluding kind of statement on this, um, I kind of want to to just kind of put this out there. Um, sometimes, especially in the tradcraft community, and even sometimes the Wiccan community, I see, um, don't uh don't think that because you're a city which your magic is less or it's not as powerful or it's not as potent or it's not as mm-hmm. this because you don't have as much access to you know raw nature raw land or whatever that doesn't mean shit it's just a different experience cities have so much power in them and you just have to tap into that it's, it, magic is all energy magic magic is magic is not just trees and flowers and plants it is, it is palpable energy that surrounds you and the cosmic glue so mm-hmm. i just want to drive that home and if anyone ever tells you otherwise that you know oh you're you don't do your rituals out in nature you know naked under the full moon you tell them fuck you (laughs) okay seriously drink a bag of goat piss yeah (laughs) so that's just my that's my little soapbox concluding statement at the end there um any other concluding thoughts on this kind of no, kind of I, think, I think I really feel that. Like I was saying, like mm-hmm. I need both city and, and woods. Like it's mm-hmm. just positive and negative energy. And if you think you don't like negative energy, then oh boy, just go stand in a fucking furnace for forever and tell me how much you like it <laughs> when it's not cold at all. 
<laughs> it I will say it, you know, uh for people that have a hard time like I did, just um lean into it instead of trying to uh like chase another feeling, like lean into the city for those of you kind of in the You city struggled now. for a while. I really did. I really did. Um it was it was difficult for me because you know, I we know how I practice, you know, we know the kind of things that I connect to really well. And it was difficult to figure out how to make that relate to living in the city. And only up until very recently did I really, really, really start to like, I get it now and find the flow, you know? So, you know, just really lean into that experience, lean into the discomfort, lean into this disconnect. And when you do that, when you lean into it, you're going to find that it just suddenly sparks into life and you're going to be like, oh, I get it, you know? So that's, I guess, how I would end it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that concludes this discussion. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, we will see you all in the next one. Bye. Bye. Make sure to carry an emergency kit if you're going into the woods and bring a weapon. Yeah. And GPS. And also, always stay observant when you're on the street. Always watch your surroundings. Constant vigilance. Fuck <laughs> vanishing! <laughs> <laughs>